Blog Talk Radio. California and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Loeb, clifflow.com in scenic Kinnick, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California and Condramat of condramatconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Deacon Millet of fouraltars.org in the high desert of California, bringing us today's exciting topic of hot foot and vanishing. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divine prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Cat. Hi. Hi, Clifford. Um, I heard before the show that you're doing some uh, memorization work out there in TNAC. And uh, go for it. I wish you all the luck memorizing what you got to memorize. <laughs> It'll serve you. It'll serve you well. Um, and... Uh, You'll learn a lot. So occultism is afoot and esotericism is alive in Teaneck. Is that correct, Clifford? <laughs> yeah, I, I've joined a, a, a local group and there are some rituals that I need to memorize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an, an old and well-respected group. And uh, congratulations. All right. Thank you very um, much. And... Um, and you'll find, I think, that uh, Deacon Millen knows a little bit about that, too. Ooh, and, long uh, time. Yes. Long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm here, um, and I know a little bit about it, too. Uh, so this is um, a nice spring week. We've had beautiful weather. I've been out photographing flowers instead of going in the shop and photographing spiritual supplies. I got to go down and photograph more spiritual supplies because otherwise people will think I'm cousin Joshua or something. The guy, <laughs> cousin Joshua, the man who who photographs the most plants in America, must have the most beautiful backyard of all. Um, but yeah, camellias, uh, pyracanthas, and um, and it's it's just been very nice out there, azaleas, and um, I've got a few more on tap. There's a lot of photos of beautiful flowers in our gardens and and on our property. So if you ever wondered why Lucky Mojo sells so many herbs and roots, it's because I really like botany. And there's that uh, that undercurrent of botany and hoodoo that a lot of people are on the verge of forgetting about or mistaking until people like me come out and Cousin Joshua comes out and says, hey, hey, you know, botany. It's it's where root work comes from, roots. So that's what I've been doing this week. I've been uh, 
working on my mystery book, which I'm about to reveal isn't so much of a mystery anymore, but uh, you can wait for that announcement, um, I guess, on uh, next Thursday or something. And uh, then I'll hopefully we'll have some typesetting and stuff that we can show. But I've been working on it for my patrons, and I want to thank all my patrons. I've had such good luck with people sending in just $2 a week to get the advance web pages and the advanced books and people have been very kind about it and I I really appreciate the help because it allows me to do fewer readings and to spend more time writing the books and I really that's what I want to do so I love doing readings but I've been able to cut off one reading per day because of the support of my patrons and that time now is paid for by my patrons instead of by doing readings, and I can write books. So thank you, patrons. And if you don't know about my Patreon reality, just go to patreon.com forward slash Catherine Ironwood. All one word, all lowercase, all run together. And you'll find me, and you'll find what I've been up to. And uh, we've been calling it the mystery book, but... Um, if, you, uh, if you're a student of mine and go to the Lucky Mojo Forum student group, I'm posting the little advertisements about the mystery book in one of the lessons, of the 52 lessons in my course. And it won't take much for you, to, if you find them, to find out what lesson that is. You'll know what the book is about, of course. So that's just one of those fun things. So how are you uh, doing today, Conjurman? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, slightly jealous of your spring, uh, envious of your spring, because the East Coast is not having spring weather quite yet. <laughs> We're still a bit cold and dreary uh, and cloudy. And, you know, I've uh, I've remarked to a friend of mine that it's weird, because anyone who's been following this radio show knows that I was originally from Southern California, or at least I lived a good deal of my life in Southern California, um, where there's really only one season, and that is warm summer <laughs> or warm spring. It's basically always 80 degrees. I used to remember, like, even Thanksgiving would be, like, 80 degrees. And coming out to the East Coast, the thing that always struck me is, like, oh, there's real weather. It can change in with a drop of a hat. You wake up, and it's something like, you know, 75 degrees, and then by nighttime, it's storming and raining. And that's such a, that was such an adjustment. So I'm very envious of those of you in California right now enjoying spring. We have not experienced spring yet on the East Coast, but looking forward to it. Otherwise, I've been quite busy uh, doing some client work. I've said it before, uh, and I'll say it again. A lot of the work that I'm doing right now is, like, diagnostic work. It's really about helping people, like, why is it that this ritual didn't come into manifestation? Why is it that I've been doing love work and can't seem to get a date? Why is it that I do, you know, I've been putting my applications out there, but no one is, no one is interviewing me. No one is hiring me. So it's been a lot of like really digging into people's spiritual condition and diagnosing. So a lot of that, not just, will I get a job? Will I get married? Will my ex come back? Not just will questions and yes or no questions, but really diving into 
why things are the way they are in people's lives. And I do enjoy doing those type of works because I think there's an element of real empowerment there. You provide knowledge, you provide insights, but then you also give clients an ability to go, okay, this is what we can do going forward so that you break whatever cycle it is. If it's a cycle of unemployment, a cycle of, you know, scarcity, a cycle of lack of love, whatever it is, you're able to finally break out of that. So that's been really enjoyable. A lot of people looking towards the future, looking towards changing their circumstances. Um, Look, I've been out of a job for two years. How do I make sure that I get a job in 2022? How do I make sure I haven't had real love since the pandemic started? I want to make sure that I find love this year. So there's been a lot of that type of work. Uh, In that light, I should say that I've opened up my books for June. If anyone is interested in doing reading, uh, I only have a few slots open. Whenever I send out the um, announcement via my mailer, uh, it gets filled pretty quickly. So I think I only have three slots left. Um, By the time I announced it, it was always like two or three slots left uh, for the entire month of June. But it's been an interesting uh, few months, I should say, a lot of diagnosis, and we can definitely start to see the beginnings of what Kat and I always call the summer of love. As things (laughs) heat up, people always start to ask more and more about flings and partnerships and love. I met this person. Uh, Is this the one? I met this person. Mm -hmm. Is this the person I should be? So look, I'm starting to see those clients show up uh, even before summer has arrived. So it's definitely you can see the transition as people start to look towards the warmer months and towards warmer feelings, I should say. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it is for me. We have spring here in several waves. There's the first wave, which I call the yellow flower wave. This is mm-hmm. where the, the acacias and the caria japonica and the daffodils, all the yellow flowers bloom. And it ends um, with the um, the blooming of the, the last, you know, yellow flowers that we have on the property. It's just like it goes through this whole wave mm-hmm. of yellow flowers. And then um, comes the white wave, and these are members of the rose family like pyracantha and so forth. Plus, uh, we start to see some of the multicolored mm-hmm. little things like, you know, little bulbs and things that start to mm-hmm. bloom. And then the third wave is the roses. That's the red and mm-hmm. pink wave. So I call them the yellow mm-hmm. wave, the white wave, and the pink wave. And we're right now in the middle of the white wave. Um, uh, the a, adding of le- colored layers. Is how you see California. Yeah. California is perpetually green, but then it adds yeah. colors. Well, the shift that. happens when the yellow banksia, which is the first rose, but it's the last of the yellow flowers, it blooms. And then right after it, about two weeks later, the white banksia blooms. And so that's mm. the shift to the white wave. And then comes the pink. We're not in the pink wave yet. Now, of course, azaleas are free of the floor, to use an old term. Azaleas can bloom whenever the hell they want to, and they're magenta and, and red and all that. They're, they 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 don't pay attention to the the order of of, of the ritual. They do their own thing. <laughs> they do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's happening here. Well, uh, today we have our wonderful friend, colleague, co-conspirator, and, colleague, and esteemed colleague and buddy, Deacon Millet is here. Hello, Deacon Millet. Welcome, welcome. Good to be here with you guys. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to have you here. Um, for those who have been hiding under a rock for the last 20 years, <laughs> uh, 
Deacon Millett is um, on the board of directors, board of bishops of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches and is in fact the board director. Uh, he is the owner of Hoodoo Psychics, the country's premier and foremost reading line where you can talk to root workers about spells as well as get your card read. He is the pastor at Four Altars Gospel Sanctuary and um, does candle ministries through there. He is an author of books on magic and love, reconciliation, honey spells. He's been a guest here. He's been a co-host here. Have you ever been an announcer here? I have not. I have not. I think the one role he hasn't had is announcer. All right. All right. Now I'll remember that, and now you're going to have to become an announcer at least one time so I can say you filled all the roles. Um, But um, And Deacon Millett is the reading wrangler for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. He has presented Mm -hmm. at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and I think I've put up all the accolades, tacked them up to the wall, um, genuflected, and... Now we're going to go. <laughs> so how are things in your world, Deacon Millet? Oh, they are going along just fine. Lots of emergency readings for people. Um, mm. Lots of emergencies happening. Um, it just seems like crisis after crisis. And I'm very grateful that none of them are mine. Um, but, but, you know, always praying for for my clients and my friends that, um, they'll get through things, um, and uh, burning lots and lots of candles, and fingers crossed as the summer approaches that all of the air conditioning stays on in the chapels and we're able to burn <laughs> the heat of the Southern California desert summer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting sometimes um, being out in the 110 degree heat with candles burning can be really special. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> we have solar power, so we all of our electricity we generate ourselves, and that allows us to run 24 um, hour air conditioning in our chapels to keep the candles cool. So, um, but yeah, everything is is popping along. Wow! Well, that's good to know. And you have one of the larger candle ministries in the country and very reliable. And uh, anybody who needs candles burned um, should check you out. Good, It's a good place. Um, well, right back to that one. Um, you know, we we learn from the best, and that's you. So, uh, um, that's that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yep, and we share some clients, too. People don't have to pay Play favorites, <laughs> you know. What I mean? Get your get your uh, money and business candles burned at one altar, and your love candles burned on someone else's. However, you there's want enough to. cat and Deacon Millet to go around for everyone. That's that's right. That's right. Well, uh, Deacon, you're bringing us our topic um, this week: hot footing and banishing. So I'm going to start this off with just, as I always do, a little bit of definition of terms for people. And the terms I would like to define is one of the most often asked questions, which is, what's the difference between hot footing and banishing? So I'm going to basically Mm. give you uh, my idea of it. 
hot footing is a term that comes out of the um, uh, African American and um, you know, just generally African um, diaspora. The mm-hmm. idea of foot track magic is very, very popular in Africa and in the African diaspora. Foot track magic can be found elsewhere, but it's highly organized and there's whole systems of thought about foot track magic. And foot track magic is used for many, many things. It can be used for love. Mm-hmm. It can be used for enemy work. It can be used to get a job. It can be used for anything you want. Uh, foot track magic is so important. So hot footing is a way to drive people out by working with their foot tracks. However, over the years, it has been extended as a spiritual supply to be used in other ways. For instance, mm-hmm. hot foot powder is the traditional powder that you sprinkle where some yeah. people walk and then they have to leave. But I have an, in my collection an ad from around uh, 1946 or so, and it it was this ad and this proud announcement, this picture of a bottle of a hot foot oil. Hot foot powder, now available as an oil. So mm. that means the, the idea of hot foot oil isn't all that old compared to how old hoodoo is. And then after this came other things, hot foot um, incense and hot foot bath crystals and hot foot mojo bags, which you secretly give to somebody. And But hot foot always started with the feet. So it really is a feet thing. Banishing, on the other hand, comes out of European magic. Banishing goes back to the idea of city-states where if someone is not wanted, mm-hmm. they are banished. They're sent beyond the wall. They're sent out into the wilderness. They're sent away. And so that's very different than hot-footing. And banishing uh, spiritual supplies entered hoodoo uh, long ago because hoodoo is a, a little bit of a mix-and-match and different ideas from different places, even though it's primarily African and is primarily practiced by African-American people, and yet banishing somehow got in there. But banishing isn't African in its origin. Banishing mm-hmm. kind of goes back to Greece or Rome or you know, German villages or something of that nature. So that's my intro. Let's, let's turn this over to Deacon Millen. What do you have to say about hot-footing and banishing? Well, I actually just have lots more questions because um, particularly I've heard multiple um, discussions of hot-footing, and some of them are geographic. Hot-footing is to send someone geographically away from you. Mm -hmm. Others have this level of torment that's kind of of reminiscent of the entrapped spirit that hot-footing yeah. is to create wanderlust and feet that cannot rest. And right. um, are they, you know, um, I have noticed in, in my own practice that when I, I've successfully hot-footed people away, sometimes the clients are not really happy because, oh, they got, you know, a promotion to another city. And, yeah, they're mm-hmm. gone. But, Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute, I wanted something more disastrous, you know, to happen. Mm-hmm. But geographically, they have been moved, which I guess sounds more like banishing proportion. Mm-hmm. Curious about what you, what you see in all of that. Yeah, well, another there, thing about a... another thing about hot footing is the suddenness of it. The hot foot. Mm-hmm. 
right? Whereas banishing almost implies some sort of a counsel and legal and this and that and the other. What do you have to say, Conjurman? What I was going to mention is that there, there is a difference between the two, a very distinct difference, at least in the way that I, I think of it. Banishing is spiritual exile. There's mm-hmm. a way of sort of shutting the gate. You shut the gate, that person is now out of your life. You've banished them from having influence on you. You've banished them from your life. That doesn't necessarily, however, mean that they're going away. That person may still be your neighbor. That person may still be in your city. They're simply mm-hmm. banished out of your realm, if you will. They no longer have influence over you, over your life. They can't harm you, etc. So it's a spiritual act, and it is in many ways more defensive than anything else. It's a way of closing the gates and saying, this person is no longer allowed into the realms of my life. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll go away. It just means you, they have no effect over you. So I've seen instances of banishment where a person has been banished from, say, uh, a community, a spiritual mm-hmm. community. They've been banished, but they still live, you know, <laughs> on the farm right. or whatever. <laughs> They're still there. Hot-footing, as I was taught, uh, is a form of crossed condition. So mm-hmm. the, uh, as, as people who have been following this radio show know, I was adopted into the Hoodoo tradition, so it's not the tradition of my family. It's not what I was raised with. But quite early on, we practiced in Virginian conjure, um, learned about conjure from Mama Jay. And one of the very first clients, so Hotfoot has been part of my upbringing quite a bit from very early on because – The two things that I remember as like definitive as part of my conjure training was the first uh, was when I was helping Mama J do a foot washing, and the client that had arrived was a person who had been hot footed, and she had become, and he was much older than Mama J. Mama J was old, but then again, any nine year old, (laughs) everyone is old. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this man was significantly older, and I remember how. I remember it because distinctly he kept referring to her as mama. And again, mama wasn't a title. It's just a very respectful way that they referred to her. That wasn't like her secret hoodoo name. Um, but I remember it was so strange to be like, he's older than her. He's got gray hair. He's like grandfather age. And he's calling this younger woman uh, mama. And mm-hmm. you could tell this person was suffering. He had been uh, houseless, homeless for a long time. He had not seen his family for years. He was raggedy. His clothes were a mess. You, like, this was a person who had suffered. And she hmm. said, you've been hot-footed. And she diagnosed him. She read his spirit. No cause. She just read his spirit directly. And she performed a foot washing. And she helped me. This was part of my, my, how I learned how to do conjure. Uh, and I remember it was such a deeply emotional, deeply moving moment. He was crying. She was crying. It was a blessing of the hands, the blessing of the head, a blessing of the feet that happened. For people who have been raised in the Southern church tradition, these words may be familiar for you, but for a guy who came from a Muslim background, this was very new to me. I didn't know what blessing of the feet or blessing of the hands were. It was very mm-hmm. new, but it was a deeply moving experience, and it did. It worked. He returned back to his family. His family was able to reconnect with him. But that was like the first instance of seeing, oh, wow, this stuff really, this really works. It really mm-hmm. can mess someone up. So hot-footing was about crossing someone. And in fact, the very first unsupervised conjuring that I did outside of my family tradition of, of gin work um, was actually a hot foot. So wow. you would 
it was uh, in another neighbor. We had a small apartment complex. This neighbor was uh, a heavy drinker. And one of the things this neighbor did quite frequently that really drove me nuts was he would abuse the um, apartment cat. So there was this little black cat, black and white, little white hands, adorable cat that everybody loved in the apartment complex. And we all, no one knows where this cat, who it belonged to. He just hung out with all of us. Uh, and, he, and the neighborhood kids adored him. And this guy would, every time he'd get drunk, he would torture and torment this poor cat. And so we could hear his cries at night. And so one night, it was just too much for me. And that's when I made a decision. I was like, the thing that I saw happen to that other guy, this guy deserves it. This guy deserves to be hot-footed. And so uh, I got the recipe. I made my hot-foot powder. I laid it out, mixed it with the dirt. Uh, and within four days, he disappeared. And by, I mean, disappeared, I mean, left his stuff in his apartment and was wow. gone. So that's wow. how we, that's how I think of Hotfoot. You don't just send them away mm-hmm. or close the gates. You send them to hell. You bring up hellfire to drive them out. And it is a very real cross condition. It will ruin a person's life. It will turn them upside down. There is like a, all these other effects beyond just physical disappearance or physical movement. I I hear you, and um, that's how I feel about hot-footing, too. If mm. People ask me, is hot-footing more powerful than banishing? I would say it's more awe-inspiring in its results. You just kind of go, whoa, what happened, right? Um, but banishing can also be very, very effective when you don't want very, to yeah. disturb the comity of a group. So this one yeah. person is simply banished. Um, you can It can come down to just sort of what they used to call sending them to Coventry, giving them the silent treatment. But <laughs> banishing, banishing someone, they are not driven from town to town. They are not, you know, they don't suffer from homelessness they don't suffer from yeah. lack of a job they they're they simply go somewhere else uh, yeah. i have a client yeah. Yeah. who was part of a, a neo-pagan group in a well-known united states city not a big one not a small one just a middle-sized city and she was subjected to a banishment by other members of the neo-pagan community and she has mm. been trying to move back to this city for 10 years. And she's been unable oh, yeah. to move back. Why? Mm. Because she can't get a job in the city, and without a mm. job, she can't move back there. So the yeah. roads that's were the closed closing. for her. Yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, um, that's so true, so true. Yeah. So I'm going to bring in um, Clifford, our announcer. Clifford, how do you experience um, banishing and and hot foot, what do you prefer and and how do you apply them? Um, when it comes to banishing products that I get from Lucky Mojo, I mostly use that on spirits rather than human beings. Um, what I have done in the past, and I think I mentioned this to you on a phone call not too long ago, uh, I experiment with lots of High John uh, the Conqueror uh, pocket pieces, and I have one that I anoint weekly with Run Devil Run Oil to drive away enemies as a protective measure. Um, and uh, I also, um, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I was just wowing. 
another thing I do is um, I, I remember reading in one of the articles that you have on lodestones um, up on your website uh, that sometimes lodestones were used for drive away enemy uh, spells. And that's very unusual because lodestones are normally used to attract. So I've been experimenting to use lodestones to drive away my enemies too. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now we've added a bit more to our our little armament here. We've got Run, Devil, Run. That's a really good one. It really is yeah, nice. Cast cool. Off Evil is another. Yeah, those are mm-hmm. those are good. I'm gonna I'm gonna also sort of sidestep here. There is a um, a hoodoo formula which is quite old. It I learned about it in um, Columbus, Georgia. And um, it was never universal. I kind of started, uh, I, I bought the formula basically, and I, I started making it when the man who made it had died. And it's called Fear Not to Walk Over Evil. And, mm-hmm. and that is a, a fascinating formula that this one man invented because, as he said, there was so much hot-footing going on. So mm-hmm. Sin- mm-hmm. since hot-footing is often done by laying down powders or dusts or dirts, uh, fear not to walk over evil was a, a shoe dust, and you foot dust. You put it in your shoe, put it in your foot, and if you want to, you can put it on the soles of your feet. And then you can go anywhere and, as it used to be said in the old days, walk shielded. And oh, so yeah. fear not to walk over evil is a specific counteractant to hot foot, um, whereas um, to to cause spirits to leave, uh, hot foot would not be no uh, the thing, right? I mean, right, Clifford, you wouldn't hot foot. You don't hot foot spirits. You hot foot people. No, that, I would never do that. <laughs> hot footing is to, to drive people off. It's it's. It's 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 a wonderful uh, way of of of, uh, of in- engaging into a very long torture exercise. Um, spirits, you just want them gone. They they spirits are are generally immortal, and you know they already naturally wander. Many of them, at least, once they're not rude to a spot. That's that's exactly right. I I agree with you 100% on that, Clifford. So the the idea of banishing uh, spirits and driving them out of people. You might want to use um, cast off evil, run devil run, or banishing. And the idea of banishing spirits back to their own dimensions, um, hell holes, or wherever they go, you'd want to use a banishing type product. So there really are very distinct differences between hot foot yeah. and banishing. Yeah. So, um, Deacon Millet, um, let's talk about the ingredients natural roots and herbs, dusts and powders that are used in these. There is some overlap, but without giving mm-hmm. away complete formulas, can, can you just mention some of the um, herbs and roots used in hot foot versus banishing? Well, for hot footing, um, red pepper is the probably the most distinctive mm-hmm. um, part hot footing formula. I've seen pepper, sulfur, um, and... Uh, even mustard seed in some hot footing things. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are a lot of um, ingredients in there. Um, I've also uh, done something where I've um, where I like to dress candles with just a little bit of hot foot powder. When I do hot foot vigils, I use the actual your hot foot powder mm-hmm. on them, and that that works fine. It, it doesn't seem to, you know, I don't bury the candle in it, but um, it, that's 
seems to work really well as, as a methodology. I, I'm now stuck, though, on lodestones and vanishing. <laughs> um, what, what, can, can you guys explain how one would use a lodestone to drive away enemies? I'm, I, that's one that I've, I think I've read everything on, on your site, Ms. Cat. I don't remember that. Well, let's let Clifford take it because Clifford okay. is actually going to be, and I don't want you to give away too much, Clifford. Y'all got to buy your tickets. But Clifford, <laughs> is, Clifford is going to be presenting a workshop on what I would call, I don't know what he's calling it, but I'm calling it atypical uses of lodestones. Going to start with the typical for people who are new, like here's some typical, and then Clifford's going to break loose and show us lodestones as you've never seen them. So you want to give them a little taste of that, Clifford. How do you use a lodestone to drive someone away? Well, what I do is um, I borrow some of the ideas from uh, Run Devil Red Oil, and I use Devil Shoestring Root and Red Pepper, um, as well as uh, Lemon Rinds as a way of driving mm-hmm. them away, and combine that on a uh, an altar setting for uh, for a lodestone, and I pray over and ask it to drive uh, enemies away. And I'm, I'm hoping it's working. It's hard to prove a negative, but uh, that's what I use. So um, I, this the idea of using the, idea- the lodestones. Good, good. Oh, I want to say this is based on the idea that every lodestone has a positive pole and a negative pole. Hmm. So maybe you can wrap yes, your I, head I, around I, that one, Deacon. He's using yeah, the negative yeah, I, pole. You see? Why? Yeah. 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 Wow. That is just—that's going to be a fascinating class. Yeah, and I'm I'm just going to take it one step further again. I'm not trying to give away too many things. We often, when we put two lodestones together on a love altar, we do the lodestones by finding which way they attract, then Mm -hmm. we separate them, but the two tested sides are now facing. Okay, imagine doing it the other way. Mm -hmm. Right? Fascinating. Yeah, Clifford is is brilliant, folks, and he's going to give you some (laughs) stuff that you never thought of before. Oh, well, that is just... I'm very flattered. The the magnetic repulsion of of, uh, lodestones is a little less obvious, but if you have ceramic uh, magnets, you can demonstrate that very easily, that they have a power over distance to repel as well as to attract. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you understand, and... um, and um, if you're talking about uh, ceramic magnets or metal magnets, horseshoe magnets are one thing, but bar magnets are another. There's a, a whole world out there. Um, there is a very good book on magnets um, that was written by Draja Mikaharek, best known for the book mm-hmm. Spiritual Cleansing, mm-hmm. and it's The Magical Use of Magnets. It's an interesting book. I I wish there was more of it, but it's what we got. It's a, it's a very good book on magnet stuff. But let's go back to banishing and and um, hot footing. So yeah, um, I wanted to ask Andrew uh, Ali. I th- I think you had a a methodology for for getting rid of enemies that involved like a frying pan. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. What? How did that work? Yeah, my uh, I call it the red pepper cigarettes. <laughs> it's uh, used to uh, break people up or to drive them out, but they work. Let me just tell you, they work phenomenal on noisy neighbors. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things you do is you take a person's name, uh, or if you have their photo or a personal concern, and you wrap it in red peppers with 
uh, hot foot powder. And you wrap it and you twist it so you make these little paper cigarette-looking things. They're sort of twisted, and on the inside is their name, the inside is the hot foot powder, and you put in some red peppers and red pepper seeds. And then you uh, turn on the heat on a pan, and you very, in a very low heat, you slowly start to roast it as you curse and cross. And what this will do is it will increase the heat on that person. They will feel discomfort in their home. They will feel like they need to get out. They will feel restless. And you just kind of turn it on, put the heat on for a few minutes, then turn it off. And you keep doing this over a series of days, just increasing the heat and increasing the pressure. If it's a couple or a couple people of our family, you put all of them into that pan and you turn on the heat and they will fight and they will fuss. Is really about taking the comfort of the home and turning it upside down, making it hot. I did it on on one particular neighbor uh, who was a nuisance ages ago, uh, and their air conditioning quite literally broke uh, in the middle of uh, Southern California heat. And so it became quite literally their house was boiling. It was very, very hot. Um, and they were, that heat, of course, adds to the emotional component. They fought, they bickered, and whatnot. And it's a little bit more slow-moving, but it does have more dramatic results. So it takes a little bit. You want to kind of heat it up, then cool it off, heat it up, cool it off. You play with it. You also have to know uh, your oven or quite well, or <laughs> you don't want to uh, burn uh, I mean your stove. You don't want to burn the paper. So you want to be careful. You just want to singe it, but not enough mm-hmm. that it catches fire and it burns it all to ash. Just singe mm-hmm. it, and then when you're done, you turn the heat on, let the thing turn to ash, and then dispose of the ash with a walk through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was a question in the chat from Cousin Joshua, do you use regular rolling papers for the cigarettes? I don't, I call them cigarettes, but they're not actually cigarette papers. They're just regular paper. Ah, I call them cigarettes because they look like little cigarettes that you've rolled up, but they're not actually, I don't use rolling papers or I don't, I just use regular paper. Regular rolling papers. Okay. Um, That's a really wonderful technique. I want to go back to banishing now because we got some of the ingredients that are used in hot foot products. And, of course, everyone has their own recipes and their own formulas. But um, banishing comes from a different idea. Um, Mm. And um, the uh, idea that's behind some of the ingredients in banishing are not those things that make you feel hot, but those things that are used to drive away vermin. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, eucalyptus, which is um, well known to drive off fleas and things like that, pennyroyal. Uh, there's yep. a bunch of these um, herbs and roots, you can look them up, that are um, also will drive off worms and things like that. Banishing tends to treat the object of the banishment, the person or spirit, as vermin. It de- degrades, mm-hmm. demotes, and um, and deprecates them and their power, and then gets rid of them. Yeah. So that's a there is, typical way to do that. There is an overlap between the two, and that I've seen salt used for both purposes. Salt is one of those all-purpose, mm-hmm. um, which is often included in various hot foot uh, powders. Salt can be called upon to drive someone away. Salt can also mm-hmm. be used to banish. It's a classic, um, classically used to banish spirits, banish entities, banish individuals. And so people have used mm-hmm. it that way. And interestingly, it also has a third effect. Like 
fear to fear not to walk over evil, it has a nullifying effect. So in Virginian conjure, we didn't have fear not to walk over evil, which is a brilliant formula, and I wish we did. But we would always put a pinch of salt in our shoes, uh, and that was a way to ensure that wherever you walked, the hot foot wouldn't affect you. So salt is a sort of covers all three bases. It can banish, it can hot foot, and it can nullify. Right, and that's why people say, among other reasons, that salt does what you tell it to do. Yep. That's a yep. well-known principle. Salt is a preservative, and salt also will repel certain kinds of vermin. Mm-hmm. Um, and salt will protect. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of um, interest in Fear Not to Walk Over Evil as a class of product, but it's the only mm. member of its class. And it is, it, yeah. Yeah, and um, we don't sell a lot of it, and I think it's because a lot of people don't get it. They don't understand how do you nullify hot foot as it's being thrown rather than after you've been hot foot. So yep. after you've yep. been hot footed, you're crossed, right? So you can do uncrossing, you could do anything like that. But fear not to walk over evil is kind of to shield you as you go into it. Right? Yeah, I mean um, the people should be getting this product as one of their preventatives. Uh I recommended it to clients. I guess not everyone mm-hmm. gets it, but it's one of those things like when people ask about like protection, like whenever you are dealing with an enemy, you've cro- you've uncrossed yourself, you've cleansed yourself, you, then you've got to put the mm-hmm. barriers up. You've got to keep yourself safe. That's not just putting on your amulets and talismans or or or, or five spotting your doors. That also means dusting your mm-hmm. shoes. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how they do. I mean, there's a reason why foot track magic is so effective is because it's the thing you don't think about. You're sitting there yeah. putting up all these barriers on your doors, and you've got your car all shielded. You've got all these great protections, and the soles of your feet, oh, feet are just walking over poison. That's why we use foot track magic. It's the one area that's ultimately very vulnerable, direct access to a person's soul, because they're going to walk right through it. And so you want to, if, I, if, I, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you want to get this product and dust your shoes. Make it like a, like a weekly thing. Like every Sunday, you just put a pinch of this in your shoes so that throughout the week as you walk through, no one can affect you through. And it's not just about protecting you from hot foot. It also protects mm-hmm. you from crossed conditions. It protects you from bottle spells that have been buried, which leads mm-hmm. me to my mm-hmm. second favorite way of hot footing people. So I have a hierarchy. The powders, I'm a traditionalist through and through, earth fine Taurus. Give me the good old stuff, the old-timey stuff, it works. I love powders. Then I love my uh, pepper cigarettes. I think they're really great when you're dealing with a neighbor. But if you really want to get rid of someone, like just want them gone, then a bottle spell works wonders. You place mm-hmm. them into a jar with hot foot powder, pins, and needles, and you shake it up until it just shreds their name paper, their hair, whatever personal concern you've got, then you take that bottle and bury it on their property so that they are forced to walk through and over it. Let me tell you, they'll be gone right quick. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really good one. Now, this brings up another thing. If you want to read more about bottle spells, we did put out a book on it called Bottle Up and Go. But going onward, to undo hot foot, there are things like because fear not to walk over evil, you see, that's preemptive. It's not yeah, um, cure, curing. Yeah. So then we have uncrossing and jinx killer. 
and you usually would sprinkle them on the trick itself, not on yourself. I mean, you can take a bath mm-hmm. in on crossing to yeah. take off cross conditions, um, yeah. but um, but if you want, if, if someone has laid stuff down around your place, it's very traditional to go back, take whatever product you want to use, whether it's the incense powder, which is a sawdust powder that you can blend mm-hmm. with dirt, or the sachet powder you can blend with dirt. <clears throat> Don't use the bath crystals because they kill plants. It has salt in it. Unless it's yeah. on a sidewalk, I've, I just don't want people killing off their garden flowers with lots of salt. So, but um, but you can use the Jinx Killer as bath also, uh, and yeah. a floor wash. Jinx Killer makes an incredibly good floor wash. If someone is tracked in or sprinkled in or brought in one of these harmful um, things, you just put in some Jinx Killer into the wash water, and you just do the floors or scrub down the uh, door jams and so forth, windowsills yeah. and all. So uh, those two are very traditional, to basically to clean off something. Another cleaner that will take off these is Chinese wash. And Chinese wash is a soapy version of Van Van, essentially. They have different names, but they basically have the same ingredients. And Van Van is used also for floor washes, and to um, sprinkle, spritz, spray, bath crystals, whatever you're going to do with it. And Chinese wash just simply contains soap, so you have the whole thing in one, uh, you know, big tub of it, and you just add a cap of that stuff, and it's ready to go. So those are used to take off hot foot and um, and banishing things that are left around the place. But I'm going to say something, because hot foot has its magic, and banishing does not. Very often, when you're dealing with a banishing spell, it will be something that, what I would say, comes through the air more than through the feet. It may be through speech. It may be through prayer. It may be through candle magic. It may be through Mm. incense. And it's less likely, not impossible, but it's less likely that someone will sprinkle banishing powders for you to walk in. It's mm. much more likely they'll try to hit you some way through air or fire. Just my opinion based on what I know. Neither yeah. one would be more effective. I think it has to do with the cultural traditions from which each one comes. Mm. So mm-hmm. if you if you want to... Um, put banishing stuff up and banish someone, how are they going to undo it? It's a little more difficult to undo a banishing because it's so, uh, I guess you could say, evasive. It's so wispy in some ways. But to undo a banishing, you really have to get your own power up and you have to power yourself back. Banishing is like the cold shoulder. Banishing is like, um, you know, don't darken my door again. And you you are let loose. To come back takes a little bit more social engineering. Whereas hot foot, mm. if you kill it and if you're able to come back, you're back. I mean, you're, you're cleansed, yeah. you're okay, you're good to go. But banishing, as I mentioned, this one woman that I have as a client who for 10 years cannot return to this city because she was thoroughly right. banished by by an entire coven of witches. 
and of right. whom she had right. been a member, and they didn't like her no more for whatever reason. And they right. got together, and they did a full-blown banishing ritual, all of them facing outward and sending her away and setting up a you know, complete, I guess you could say a, a framework, grid, or whatever, of no, you know, she cannot pass. Right. That's, and this goes back to the different nature of the two, right? So banishing is natural in some ways. Banishing is mm-hmm. a social condition, right? You banish, mm-hmm. it's a legal position, which is, you know, it means that you have to kind of take these other measures to overcome, whereas hot foot is a cross condition. It's unnatural. Once it's mm-hmm. removed, your, ba- your life should return to normal. You should mm-hmm. reach equilibrium. Things go back to the way that they were supposed to be. But you can be in the natural state of banishment. <laughs> so there, <laughs> this is the, the quality of the two are different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so you can, there's a, there's a reason why, um, and this is why the argument of which one is more powerful misses the point. They have very different natures. So you, a banishing may not be as dramatic. You may not be driven away into homelessness or whatnot. But also it's a little bit more difficult to get around because it's a natural state. It's a social condition. You have been banished. You have been exiled. You've been removed from the community. You can't just go, okay, I'm unremoved, and then the community welcomes you back, can you? You have to make reparations. Right. You have to do all these sort of things. Whereas hot foot is an unnatural condition. It's like being in a fugue state. And once mm-hmm. the fugue state is lifted, the memories return, and you come back into your family's life. Everything goes back to normal. And so the two in nature are very different, and you need to be mindful of what it is you want to accomplish, your relationship to the individual, what the actual effects are, and whatnot. I do want to go back real briefly and mention that just as there is a preventative measure that you can take for hot foot on the body, that is, you can lay out, you can use the salt, you can use fear not walk over evil, which I think is phenomenal. Um, a real old-timey way of protecting your property from being hot-foot is actually that run, devil, run that we mentioned earlier. In fact, it's one of the oldest uses for run, devil, run is to drive away the devils that come to your property. So there is burying a run, devil, run onto the property facing outward. Uh, you could do it with the actual cans. If you can't get them, you can actually get the Lucky Mojo bottles. I've done it this way. You can buy the Lucky Mojo bottles and bury them. It's... <laughs> You know, you, mm-hmm. you're not using them as anointing oils, but you're using the image, you're using the, as a container spell. But that's a very old way of working also, sort of sprinkling run, devil, run onto the property as a preventative measure to keep hot foot from being placed on your property. You don't want to do it on your doorstep. You want to do it on your the outer edges of your property, mm-hmm. and it keeps your property safe. I, I want to get into some of the stuff that's been um, flying past us in the chat here, and there's some really good comments. Um, Cousin Joshua says, milkweed works great as a banishing agent, and uh, I agree with that. Um, Nagashiva says, it, to undo a banishment requires making an avenue of exception into the space or yeah. vector of influence. And that banishment targets can appeal to higher powers to accept them. So this is what we might call the, um, you know, you get you get put on uh, parole. You know what I mean? You make reparations, and you know whether it was just or not, you're going to have to ultimately ask for a pardon from banishment. And that's an interesting state that many people don't do. They just go on to the next town, and that's it. Um, what Whereas with hot foot, you can just take it off yourself and, and push yourself back in. Cousin Joshua says the element of driving or being driven away is key here. And you're right, Cousin Joshua. 
the old names for hot foot powder that some companies had were drive away powder and moving powder. And so those were exactly the same idea, that you would be driven away or moved out physically. And there are ways of hot-footing, um, like throwing an egg over someone's house, which has been loaded with graveyard dirt and red pepper or whatever else that's going to be in it, black pepper and all those things. Those kind of things are simply to make someone move, and that's to hot-foot them out. So Cousin Joshua, yes, a drive-away powder. And uh, then Nagashiva, meanwhile, going back on the thread of banishing, says you have to have allies in the community. And Onyx Rose says she has to find another group of people to undo it. She can't really depend on just one or two people. That's right, because it was a whole coven that banished this mm. lady. That's absolutely right. And Dr. Sweet says somewhere in the Hyatt material, by which he means the interviews that Harry Hyatt conducted between 1936 and 1940 with 1,600 black practitioners, an informant says, if you undo a negative spell that you put on someone, then you will not be able to work it ever again. This is called going back on your work. And if you go back on your work, it is sometimes said you cannot do that spell again. And that idea of not being able to do a spell again is maybe African, but we also find it in Swedish and uh, Norwegian and Danish trolldom. That if you if you teach a spell or if you undo a spell, it, that spell will no longer work for you if you find a different spell. Of course, there are many alternate spells. I think I've caught up on the chat, and that was a lot of comments. And thank you, folks, for just throwing in one thing after another. And thank you, Nagashiva. He put in the links to the uh, article I wrote on Harry Hyatt and also to a very valuable page called HyattInformants.html at Lucky Mojo. That page is an attempt to find out who the informants were, what their names were. These are mm. not – when people call it the Hyatt material, I get a little wrinkly – scrunch about that because these were people and um, Hyatt never called right. it the Hyatt material. These were interviews with actual people. Unfortunately right. he lost the code book in which the numbers on the interviews were coded to people but some of them he remembered and some of them will even hmm. say, you know, I said to her, you know, Lydia, go do this and she said back to me, Betty, go do that and then you know the interview subject was named Betty. So hmm. there's there's a lot of attempt to try to re- put the faces on the people who contributed to Harry Hyatt's collection. Mm. It's the largest collection of hoodoo spells ever. Anyway, most of you guys know that, but there's always someone new listening to this radio show who have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> always good, always good to give them a bit of a reminder. I wanted to uh, ask Deacon Millard a question here since he's asked us questions. Only fair that we get him a chance to, to speak as well. Um, but you do a lot of candle work, and you're quite famous for your candle work. Um, are there ways, and we know the answer to this, but this is a really good opportunity for people who are new to get a little bit of a tutorial on hot foot. Are there ways to do hot foot at a distance with candle work or other ways if you can't get directly to that person's property or to lay out powders? Absolutely. Um, hot, hot foot candles are, mm -hmm. I would say, the more recent is that from from the powder all the way up to the candle, as Ms. Cap is describing. But they they work quite effectively. Um, yeah. And ours use the classic Lucky Mojo hot foot oil and hot foot powder, um, and a little added red pepper to just give it a little oomph. And um, and they're very good at moving specific people away, particularly if you've got photos. What they, what I can't seem to do, and I'm 
using banishing now for that is move unknown individuals away. Um, hmm. And um, I, I feel like there's something about the foot track portion of hot footing that it, 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 needs, it needs specificity. In, and banishing, as you were saying, more amorphous, and so it can send away ambiguous people. It can send away spirits from a home, even if you don't know who or what the spirits are. It can send away enemies, quote, unquote, whereas I can't make hot foot can do that. I need the name hot foot. I, I hear you, Deacon uh, uh, Millet. This is exactly my experience, too, that banishing works well with unknown people, unknown rivals, um, and, um, oh, you know, Internet stalkers, all that kind of stuff, right? But yeah. Hotfoot is very specific. And um, banishing, uh, I, I once had a situation, I think I've mentioned on this radio show before, a guy who worked at a very large um, tech company sent us um, an order for 65 separate hot foot candles and 65 separate banishing candles. And um, and I believe there was also 65 separate doom candles. This man was really angry. And doom is a death unto my enemies. And he wanted all 65 people in a department of this multi-billion dollar company to leave, be fired, go away, whatever it took. If they died in their footsteps, that was okay. If they were hot-footed, that was okay. If they were banished back to Saudi Arabia, that was okay too. (laughs) And I've never in my life had that kind of a request and so many candles burning at once. We had to put them out on the flagstones. We didn't even have room for them on our altars. And um, some of the people were named, and some of them were just, you know, employee number two. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the banishing is good for the – if you want the whole department fired, use the banishing. But if you have people you want out of your life, hot foot. Great combination of ideas there. Um, (laughs) And, of course, Run Devil Run helps. Run Devil Run's another one. And Run Devil Run – mixes well with banishing and, and now we're going to talk about a little bit about blending spiritual supplies the you can also blend the herbal type ingredients that are in them but run devil run blends well with banishing because it's specifically against uh, spirit demons devils right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and again there's no point in hot footing um you know an elemental of air that doesn't make any sense really you know um but you might want to you know hot foot that creepy guy who torments the kitten you know so there's a difference there there's a real difference so i really hope that we are getting through and that our our message is being heard by these um people listening um hope we've educated you this has been a brilliant tutorial i want to thank uh deacon millet contraman and mm-hmm. clifford for helping and um Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Clifford, your turn.
All right. Support for this program was provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contract practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and today's client. Our caller is Our Lady G calling from area code 424. Our Lady G, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. It's great to hear your voice. My ex and I, she writes, my ex and I have been off and on. Every time we have a disagreement, he physically leaves and also leaves our 14-year-old daughter and I stranded. She's forced to stay alone because I work nights. It seems he never has to pay for all the times he's hurt us and abandoned us. I've tried to do payback and justice spells, candles, oils, nothing seems to work. I want to know why I never get justice. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, Our Lady G, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Um, what is your sign of the zodiac? I am a Sagittarius with a Virgo rising. Okay. And what is his sign of the zodiac? He's a Scorpio. Oh, well, mm, that's notoriously mm. hard to work on. Yeah. Um, Boy, that was that answer. <laughs> so um, Sagittarius's do not apply um, pressure, anger, madness, love, any emotion um, at a continuous pressure rate. They they vary. They, you know, like today's good, I'll be happy, and that, that oh now I'm going over here. Sagittarius's are notorious for having a very strong faith and a very strong philosophy but they are not the kind of person who can just clench their fist and keep it clenched forever. Scorpios, on the other hand, can clench their fist and keep it clenched unto death. And they will—they are so difficult to work on. They're so difficult to change. Um, you have to get their agreement to change them, basically. They're very, very hard people. Also, you have Virgo rising, which is also mutable, just like Sag. So... Before I get into reading it, I'm going to say you might need a helper, someone who is a fixed sign person who is willing to go to the end of the road with you on this because the Virgo and the Sag, um, like the other uh, mutable sign, Gemini, have a tendency to, uh, and Pisces, the other, other mutable sign, they have a tendency to release pressure and then get back, I need this, and then release again. They're very fluctuating, and that's very good because it makes them adaptable. It's not a fault, but it doesn't put them in any league with a Scorpio. I'm just saying that. I hope you all understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that you're weak. I'm saying you're playing against someone whose whole technique is different. Okay, now, um, and Scorpios really know how to torment people if they want to. Of course, they're also the, you know, really great lovers and and they also will stick on something. They don't like to leave. Even if a relationship is bad, they'll sometimes stay because they're a fixed sign. So I'm going to do the first reading here. And um, and then we're going to have Deacon Millet do a reading. And Conjure Man will come in with some 
uh, root work advice. So um, card number one, whoa, is the six of cups. We have the two little children in the courtyard with the guardian man with his back turned to them. So um, this really does say that there is an issue here about the child, and um, this person is not, the guardian has his back turned. He's not doing what he should be doing. So now I have a question for you. Um, Do you have um, any kind of a, a legal child support situation set up if he goes? Yes. We're, we are technically divorced. We're legally divorced. I have custody of my daughter. Child support is in order. All of those things are in order, so yes, I do. Oh, okay, good. Because this card is a, this card is about a children being protected. So child protective services immediately comes to mind when you read the card, right? But this says that um, there is he he turns his back. It's not a great not a good card, and it, it's um, it can be someone who claims to be a guardian who is guarding, but they're also kind of fading into colorlessness. Um, there is, I think he has some intention to be um, protective. I really do think so, but it's not uh, not working. The next card is the Three of Swords. This is a heart that is pierced by three swords. That would be you, he, and the child, I'm presuming. And the question was, why am I not getting justice? And I'm thinking here that part of the reason you're not getting justice is this man is just very, very strong and he is having his way and um you're going to need someone to help the um the three of swords shows tears and it shows things that are um not not right and it it really shows somebody um who is um suffering he may be suffering too by the way but it just it's it's just a really unhappy card and it says that this relationship um, is not good. And um, the third card is um, kind of an odd one. It's called the hanged man. So this is not a man who's been uh, executed or hung by his neck or lynched. It's a man who's hung upside down by his foot. And I think it's going to refer to you in this case because you asked, why am I not getting justice? And the hanged man is a person who has been caught off guard, caught unawares, and has been basically hung out to dry and has a a halo around their head that says they're innocent, they haven't done anything wrong, but their hands are tied behind their back. And I feel that you need a helper. Now, whether it's a magical helper, spiritual guide, um, a lawyer, you need something, marriage counselor. You need somebody on your side because you're tied in some way. It may be that he did a binding spell on you. I don't know whether he uses this kind of work or whether he simply has the hypnotic willpower to put you in a binding, but this shows to me that you're caught in a in a trap, basically, and this is not fair to you. It's not a very good um, happy outcome. Um, you asked how, uh, why am I not getting justice? And I hope that when we get to Conjurman, he's going to give you some ideas of how to get justice. Let me turn this over to Deacon Millet, and he's going to do a reading. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that you're facing this circumstance. I'm going to pull three cards for you from the Secret to King Oracle deck, which is the deck I use, and we'll see what they have to say. The first one here is pearls before swine 
this shows a pig sitting on a mountain of pearls, and it just says flat out, you're, you're giving your love to the wrong person, you're giving your trust to the wrong person, you're giving your faith to the wrong person. Um, don't put your pearls before swine. The second card is Island of Jewels. Well, this is a very strange card to show up here. Island of Jewels is the, the card of wishes fulfilled. Um, it's, it's a card of, of perfection, of harmony. And um, I believe that you're, some part of you is still holding out for this situation to become whole, um, mm-hmm. for it to be perfect um, the way they're supposed to be. And um, I think that that is um, part of how um, perhaps you can back that outset, um, that by continuing to, to hold out for the promise of your marriage, um, you, your hands are tied because you're keeping vows that he is not keeping. The final card here is taking up arms. This is the card of the soldier. And um, this card just says you are going to fight. You're going to have to clinch this, not let go. As Ms. Kat was talking about, um, this may also represent the helper that she saw. But somebody has to do battle here um, because this isn't going to change. This is, this is reality. This is the state of affairs that, that you, you're forced to So um, I hope this helps, um, and hopefully uh, Ali will have some suggestions. But I, I think that the sooner you accept this injustice, and turn your back on him instead of letting him turn his back on you, um, the happier you will be. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn this over to Conjurer. Now, he's going to give you some root work advice. Before we start, have you ever done root work before or prayer work or spiritual work of any kind? Yes. Uh, I'm fairly new at it, but yes. I I listen to you. And practice that, yeah. Okay, great. All right, Conjurman, then take it away. Yeah, so I'm going to give you some root work advice here, but I'm also going to give a little bit of a preempt to this root work advice because I think it is important to clarify your purpose. First, just be aware that working on Scorpios are very, is very hard for Scorpio and Capricorn. They're difficult to work on. Uh, so the fixed signs and then Capricorn is uh, cardinal, but also quite difficult to work on. Uh, that means that two things. One, doing root work on them is not always easy. It takes time. It's not always successful. Two, even if you weren't successful, you may not know it. Particularly with Scorpio, they keep things very close to their chest. And so you say you don't know you, that he hasn't faced consequences. And that's actually, you, we don't know. He may have faced consequences. You may not see them, or they're not consequences that are apparent. So just bear that in mind. If you can do root work, and you may not see the results of it right away. That doesn't mean that it's not working, particularly when you're working on a Scorpio individual. So bear that in mind. Second, it's really, really important for you to figure out what it is you actually want here. He's your ex and you have a child together. That's a bond that's difficult to eliminate. He's always going to be the father. That's, he's going to be there. And if you're on and off, as, 
if I remember that's what you said, you're on and off, that means that you've let this person back into your life more than one time. So there's a crossing of purposes here. If you want a person to face justice, you can't let them back into your life at the same time. So there needs to be some clarification that happens as, as you go through this process and also some firming of the will here. You can't be in that mutable state, as Ms. Kat mentioned, uh, because if you really are going to demand justice for someone, I demand this person face the consequences of their actions. Oh, yes, please come back. We're together again. That kind of defeats the purpose of it, right? To, to demand justice, you have to have a level of unwavering righteous wrath. You're calling upon the forces of the universe to come forth and make a person face the truth, face consequences. That can only happen with a steady heart. If you waver, then your intention in prayer is for naught. So just bear that in mind. What is it that you really want? If you want this guy back, then you should be doing reconciliation work. If you don't want this guy back, then do justice work and then keep him 10 feet away from you. Don't let him back into your life in any way, shape, or form. So clarify your desires. Know what it is you truly want. Here's the root work that I will give you that will strip this person of their power, that will keep them from continuing their cycle, that will give you the upper hand, and more importantly, it will make them face the consequences of their actions. What I want you to do is to take his photo on the back, write his name, his full name, three times. Then turn this and write the command, consequences or justice, one word, four times over. So the word should be written more times than his name, and it should cross his name. Write the word in big, bold letters so that it completely covers and overwhelms the name. Okay? You're going to put a little bit of his hair right in the center of this photo if you can get it. Now, take a thread and thread a black string and thread it through a needle. While using this needle, I want you to pray. And what you're going to do is sew his mouth shut. You're going to use the paper itself. You can sew paper. It's very easy to do. You don't have to do a doll baby. It works wonders. You're just going to take his photo, and you're going to take that needle, and you're going to sew it right around his mouth. And you're going to shut his mouth with that thread. Then you're going to take knotweed and black pepper and fold it into the paper along with that little bit of his hair and place this inside of a mason jar. Then bury this paper in salt. That means pour the salt into the jar. And as you do so, you're going to call out to the spirit of salt. Salt, you will bring truth and justice to this person. Salt, you will bury them in their consequences. You will put pressure into his life and you will drive him to where he deserves to be driven. So you're going to pray over that salt, and salt will do it. Salt works wonders for people who cannot face the truth, who have evaded consequences, and also for thieves. It's an old-timey way of working to really get a person who's evaded the law, who's evaded consequences, to finally face them. So you're going to cover this entire thing up with salt. For seven days, you're going to shake it up, and as you do so, you're going to call out this person's name, and you're going to call exactly what you want to happen to this person. 
Again, bear in mind that this person has a connection to your child. So I wouldn't encourage the calling of death and destruction, but certainly the calling of justice. May you be caught in your lies. May you be unable to weasel your way out of consequences. Speak truthfully, speak righteously, speak powerfully. Again, be firm in your conviction. Without that firm conviction, if this person shows up on your doorstep tomorrow and you bring them back, your bottle will be for naught. So speak with that conviction. Wrap it in a black cloth after the seven days and then hide it under your sink so that it cannot be found. Next, I want you to take a photo of him and his daughter together. Place this into a picture frame. Then take money that you got from child support. So when child support is deposited or when the check arrives, I want you to cash it. And then one of the bills, can be in any denomination from 1 through 20, one of the bills you are going to write a petition on that bill, a letter to God, asking the Lord that this person always be a good father, that he support his child, that he always financially is on time with his payments. You're going to put a little bit of blood root, rosemary, and a pinch of sugar. So we're working with salt and sugar here, just a pinch. Fold this dollar up, fold this bill, and hide it in that picture frame. So put it behind the photo, then put it on the frame back. Close it up and place it in your daughter's room somewhere high where she won't touch it or mess with it, but just as a sort of memento. You don't want to keep it in the house. You don't want a picture of you because you don't want this person back as your lover. So this is a way of ensuring that he remains a good father while still keeping him out of, say, your personal life. Working with sweetness, working with saltiness, this way helps to work both hands, ensuring that this person remains true to the bonds of fathership while also making him face justice and consequence. That's my recommendation for you. We have a couple of minutes, so let's see if Deacon Millet and Ms. Cap have anything further to add. I have one very small thing to add. When I do work for... Um, someone to have justice done in a legal sense and also in a spiritual sense, I often will draw in the four corners of my petition the an I in each one, and um, I will you know mm, put down like God is watching, right? So there are four mm-hmm. eyes. If it's for child support, which you don't have a problem with, but I'll just mention it for those who might listen, in the pupil of the eye, instead of just blacking it in, I'll put a dollar sign. If it was a love promise that hasn't been fulfilled, I put a heart in the eye, in the pupil, and so forth and so on. Now, Deacon Millet, do you have anything to add? That's so very complete. Um, I'm not sure I have a thing to add to that. Um, you know, they want to do some protective magic around your home um, that is just... Um, Simple things like red brick dust and things to to actually you know keep keep him out, um, and that that may be a little bit of an addition, um, but I think that it's a beautiful working conjuring, so it's perfect. All right. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Well, the the. One thing that I worry about here again, and I'm just not trying to um I'm not trying to portray you as weak, but as a Sagittarius with Virgo rising, you're more inclined to go along to get along than you need to be, 
and you may need an advocate. You may need a strong advocate. Seek out a root worker who is a powerful woman who has been in a similar situation and has had successful root work to get what she needed and wanted. All right, there's our music. So next, the Cosmic Advertising Agency of Network Scheduling Announcements is going to bring us the music that came from Chicago. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time for our free spell segment for our special guest, Deacon Millet of fouralters.org in the high desert of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Thank you, thank you. So the spell I want to share. Today is a spell to freeze out unknown love rivals, um, so more along a banishing line than a hot foot line. And um, this is going to be just a classic freezer spell to freeze them out. Um, if your love rivals are women, if you're a woman, you'll want a fig for this spell or a pear if you can't find a fig in season. Um, if your rivals are men, you'll want to use a pickle, um, and uh, these are representative of the genitalia of the two genders. Um, once I had to do this for a client who needed them both <laughs> um, because of a bisexual lover, um, but that's a rarity. Um, in my example, I'm going to go ahead and use a fig, um, and we'll cut it in half from top to bottom and open it up. Uh, for the petition, you can write Bibles in love on a small piece of paper torn from um, a grocery bag. Uh, and pray over the paper in the spirit. Um, people often ask, um, and I do a lot of free associating when I, when I pray in these circumstances, um, just let yourself feel in. Um, and I put an example. Let any bitch who dares to look my man's way be struck with an icy heart, an icy tongue, and icy fingertips. May she be frozen in her tracks like a frigid old cow, unable to cause my man trouble or strife. Um, so pray that over your petition. Do not include your lover's name in the prayer. Um, we don't want him as part of this spell. This is only for the rivals. And um, we don't want to freeze him. We don't want to freeze you. Um, sprinkle your petition paper with alum and fold it tightly, placing it between the two halves of the fig. And then use nine straight pins to piece the fig back together so it's a hole. Um, now you'll take a piece of black felt and wrap the fig um, and you can use jute or twine to tie it off. So you've 
you created a little container spell with um, black felt around the fig. Go to the shower and urinate on the wrapped fig, and you want to soak the felt. Um, and this is to show your dominance over your rivals. And then you'll wrap the, wrap the whole thing in aluminum foil, shiny side in, and put that into your freezer. Um, and this will freeze out all the rivals um, for your love. If at any time you start to feel nervous, feel like there might be a potential rival out there, um, just take the packet out and read either Psalms 35, 59, or Psalm 94 over it, and then place it back. And um, I hope this will help anybody who's uh, having um, fears of potential people trying to mess with their relationships. All right. So I've got a couple of notes here because, again, we always have new people. Shiny mm. side in on the aluminum foil means you're making it into a mirror so the person cannot escape it's not just arbitrary that shiny side in is going to be more powerful freezing it's an actual part of the magical act it's a mirror inward and we talk about this so casually but like i said there's always somebody new other one that you said was about urinating on it to show your dominance this is a very old way to work however to adapt this spell for a root worker to use on somebody else for them, mm-hmm. and you keep it in your freezer, you would not use your urine. That would not be right because you don't want – it's not about you. So now you have a couple of choices of what you're going to use, and the most common substitute for urine is ammonia water because urine you know, can be refined to make ammonia. So if you are a professional root worker doing this for someone else, you can substitute ammonia if you are working for a, just a third party. Okay? That, that's my only comments. Um, how about you, Contraband? Do you have anything else to say about it? Just that I love this type of, uh, of working where you freeze out rivals and, and get rid of them. Uh, the only thing I, I recommend is, is this is generally really works well once you've gotten rid of a person or as a preemptive measure. Like, I don't want this person to even show up in my partner's life. Uh, I always tell people if they're like, if you're, there's already infidelity going on, don't immediately reach for the freezer because then you freeze that person in place. So I, this is this always works really well as like a barrier method, making sure that they're on the outside of the of the marital or the relationship, not on the inside. But this is really great work, and I love the use of the fig and the pickle here. Love, love that working of uh, food and fruit. Uh, in that regard. Yeah. Um, another question that comes up with freezer spells, and I know that Deacon Millet knows the answer to this, but I'm just going to throw it out. Freezer spells do kind of have an expiration date, um, just like food put into the freezer. And not everyone agrees on what that date is, but a year is a good time to account for a freezer spell. And at the end of that time, you might want to do it over again. And if you take it out and you want to dispose of it, there are a number of ways of doing that. So to dispose of a freezer spell, you might, for instance, 
thaw it a little bit and then burn it up in a fire. Or you might throw it frozen and whole into a running river. You could take it to a graveyard and bury it. And um, you could um, cut it up and put, throw the pieces and scatter them in a crossroads. Those are kind of your basic ways to get rid of that spell. Maybe disposing it and maybe also deploying it as a crossroads where it's going to go into the world. But I find it very satisfying to uh, take freezer spells, especially if they're wrapped in aluminum like a baked potato would be, and just um, let them thaw enough that you can put a metal skewer through them and then um, roast them over a campfire and then uh, dispose of them further after that. It's a lot of fun. And always make a new one. All right. Uh, Let's uh, bring in our announcer, Clifford, and he's going to give us announcements, and then we're going to come back and we're all going to talk a little bit and say goodbye. Take it away, Clifford. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurat. Uh, and thank you, Deacon Millett of FortRalters.org and the Hydras of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest is uh, John St. Germain of JohnStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the Oracle Hour topic of scrying. We've once again come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo with Brower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company for Estill, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and conjurementconjurementconsulting.com, Mission VO, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. One more thing, I just want to give a little shout-out to some of the people in the chat room before everyone takes their leave. Tony I, Onyx Rose, um, somebody I can't pronounce it, T-I-E-G-A-V, Gina Erickson, I, Patricia, Dr. Derensburg, nice to see you, Dr. Derensburg, Dr. Sweets, Cousin Joshua, and uh, C. Clark 112, and um, everybody who comes out for these chats, we appreciate it so much because uh, we get feedback from you, and it turns our conversations in new traditional but fancy ways. All right, now, we're going to have the Hoodoo Heritage Festival coming up August 13th and 14th. Get your tickets. And they're ready. Go to hoodooheritagefestival.com, and um, tickets are on sale now. We're going to be sending out postcards. We just sent in a print order for 5,000 postcards. If you have a shop where you can distribute postcards, let Lucky Mojo know we're handling the distribution for the festival. It's not our festival, but we're doing the distribution of the postcards. If you want to know more about who's attending, how you can get your $100 value a goodie box when you buy your tickets, go to hoodooheritagefestival.com. It's all on Zoom. You'll be able to attend 10 workshops. You're going to love it. All right. Good night. Good night, all. Bye-bye. Good night.